All right. Uh, thank you for joining me today. It's a Sunday afternoon. Beautiful day, actually, in Amarillo, Texas. Wind is low. Sun is high. Uh, some big old puffy clouds up in the sky. It's not bad. Oh, did that rhyme? That might have rhymed. Anyway, um, so today's guest, I was set up getting ready, and uh, he had a little bit of a family emergency, so he had to cancel. Um, so I had a couple of other guests that I just hit him up like, Hey, I'm set up. Would you be able to, I've talked to them about being on the podcast. Um, and they, neither of them were able to, of course. I mean, who, who can whenever, uh, these days, you know, it's pretty busy, but so, uh, I had a, a ramble on the back burner. So I was like, well, I'll just do a solo show since, now, so I'm working on my regularity with uh, with podcasting, and partially to I don't know whatever retain listeners, you know, have something constantly coming out. But it's also that uh, I feel like regularity will contribute to a better product. So the more that I'm sitting in front of a microphone and recording myself and listening back to myself, the hopefully the better I get. So I'm going to try to make this thing a lot more regular. And, uh, you know, I've got a lot of people I've talked to about being guests on the show. It's just hard um, lining up schedules. And Shannon, my wife and I have been pretty busy um, chasing around a baby. And, you know, we can all make, make excuses, I guess. But all that to say, I have a lot of people I've talked to about having on really interesting guests. So, um, hopefully I'll make this a little bit more regular and start working through some guests. Um, I'm recording this, uh, intro, um, to the podcast on Instagram live, um, which is kind of a new thing. It's weird how it's not different posting on Instagram versus a podcast, but whenever I like hit the live button on Instagram, for some reason, I got like a little nervous. It was kind of interesting. It's still just me in my um, studio kind of office. Uh, anyway, where was I at? Okay, so this was a ramble I had on the back burner, uh, which means I'm not going to have a guest. It's just going to be me talking the whole time. So if you uh, don't like that, maybe you can just skip through and listen to the songs. But um, So I have a few announcements. This is part of the reason I wanted to do this on Instagram was so that I could have my announcements go out on Instagram at the same time that they're going out on the podcast. So that being said, I think I have tentatively set a date, August 13th, for the Panhandle Podcast Meetup. I wanted to put this uh, announcement right at the front so that way if you turn me off, um, at least you got this far. Uh, if you're listening to this, that means that you like podcasts in general. You know, you're... Uh, familiar with the apps and you're familiar with kind of the how do you access the shows and um i feel like that generates like a different type of person uh somebody who you know because you have a choice of getting like the generic um produced uh media which goes out to everybody syndicated or whatever or you can like kind of find your own way find your own media and select it and that's what podcasts are and um, kind of one of the things I've noticed is that a lot of people who do that, um, enjoy talking to each other. So that's the kind of the premise behind the podcast meetup is just to get people who enjoy listening to various podcasts, not necessarily my podcast, um, 
and just get them together. And I like to like that's the thing is that's kind of um, it's almost replaced music in a way in my life being something that like music. Now I'm not necessarily finding new music. Occasionally, like a rapper or something, I'll find a new rapper. But typically, I'm listening to you know, all this different music that I've built up through my life to this point. Um, I'm not necessarily looking for new music, but where I like, like satisfy my, uh, uh, novelty, um, kick or what, I mean, I don't don't exactly know what I'm saying there, but the way I get new information and like an excitement from new art is podcasts. I listened to, started listening to the, uh, Theo Vaughn podcast. He had Duncan Trussell and Chris Ryan, um, if you're familiar with like the Joe Rogan universe, you'll kind of know those guys. <clears throat> they've, they've all been on Joe Rogan's, but they all have their own podcasts, which are all great. You know, it's really entertaining stuff. Um, but I like to talk to people about either shows that they listen to shows that we've listened to in common, or a lot of times, uh, whenever I leave somebody that listens to podcasts, I have heard of a new podcast and that's the only way to get new stuff, you know, is, because there's so many options. Like, um, if I just went and searched through podcasts, there's so many different options that I don't know. There might be 10 or 15 that I would really like that I would never even think of clicking on. But if somebody tells me, hey, I've been listening to um, Radio Lab or um, Lexicon uh, Valley, I think is what it's called. Uh, John McOrder, he's a linguist. My wife likes to listen to him and um, as well as like the Jordan B. Peterson, all these different ones, you know, people come up to you and say, Hey, have you heard this podcast? And then next thing you know, you're like 15 episodes in and you're, you know, thinking you want to take your life in a different direction or something. So anyway, that's the, uh, August 13th tentative date. Mark your calendars. It's a Monday night. I was kind of thinking like, I was thinking about planning it on a weekend, but then I got to thinking about it and I was like, well, other, you know, people plan their, you know, I, I want you to have that time uh, for yourself or for your family or whatever. So I was like, Monday night, maybe I can ask people for their Monday night and see if they want to come out, hang out, drink some beers, um, maybe maybe do some uh, pizza, maybe from uh, Pizza Nomads or something like that. Uh, but we'll see. Anyway, um, Panhandle Podcast Meetup, August 13th, location to be announced. If anybody has any ideas or any suggestions, hit me up on Facebook or Instagram. Those are, I mean, those come like straight to my phone, so I'll get them. Um, my next announcement is the Coben Puckett Invitational. It's August 4th at 7.30 at Will Rogers uh, Range Riders Bud Light. Man, that is a long name for a... Um, a venue, but Will Rogers, Range Riders, Bud Light Arena, uh, 7.30, August 4th. Uh, if you haven't listened to that episode with Coben Puckett, I think you should. It was it was uh, fun sitting down and talking to him. Um, also, check out his Instagram and his Facebook. He, uh, if just for a quick, if you don't know, he uh, injured his spinal cord, I think like 10 years ago, almost exactly. I mean, almost like anniversary. Um, and the doctors told him that he'd never walk, he'd never be able to do anything again, and he, uh, was in real bad shape, and he had gotten stomped on too, and punctured his lung and stuff, and man, he's been working, uh, really since then, he's worked with a lot of different therapists, um, he's worked with, uh, just a, a range of different people, 
and he is on the road to recovery. You know, I mean, it's a long road. Um, but I mean, he's doing. That's one of the things that's really cool about following on Facebook and Instagram. He uh, he's posting his workouts, like where he's getting into these positions that really people told him he would never be able to get into, and he's holding the positions and he's working out. And I mean, working out, putting way more hours in the gym than like probably ninety five percent of Amarillo. I mean, this dude's working hard. It's really inspiring to see. You know, uh, anytime you see somebody do something like that. Uh, it inspired, at least it inspires me to push myself uh, harder or to to try to find my limit. Um, and it's gotten me thinking a lot. I think my first segment is actually about that um, today. So anyway, um, if you've never seen bull riding though, um, you should definitely come out. If you've seen bull riding, then you should definitely come out. Um, it's going to be some of the top pros, some of the top bulls. Uh, full-on event you know and it's always exciting it's exciting to see people do scary and exciting things and bull riding is a scary and exciting thing like really like if you if you stand next to one of these animals or even if you just look at them you don't have to stand next to them it's like you would have to be insane to get on the back of that thing and these dudes they that's what they do they get on the back of them and say all right well i'm gonna hang on as long as i can you know well not as long like eight um I guess the eight seconds, you know. But anyway, check it out. Um, Coben Puckett Invitational. I'll say it one more time. August 4th. Um, the link, if you go to the Coben Puckett web or on my website, if you go to the Coben Puckett uh, episode in the podcast, the links are all on there in that description. Um, but also, you can just type that in on Google and boom, uh, you'll be there. So. Uh, let's see. Next one. Okay. And then Atlas Supplement Company. This is my last announcement. Um, this is my buddy, James Arredondo, his company. Uh, I'm on the fire department with him. And, uh, it's pretty funny. He was, I guess he was a rookie at the station that I was at. So whenever he got hired on, um, you know, I started working with him, uh, I think day one that he came online and, Good dude, man. It was funny because since I was I got hired on whenever I was a little younger, it was like one of the first people that got hired on that I viewed myself as like a peer with, you know, like we were the same age and had some some of the same life experiences and uh, you know, whatever. So, uh real good dude, became friends with him pretty quickly and he started a supplement company a few years ago now. I'm not exactly sure how long ago he started that, but he started the supplement company. He sells like apparel. He has t-shirts, hats. Um, let's see. He's got some different stuff. Um, I think t-shirts, hats. Oh, long sleeve, like hooded t-shirts and stuff. He's He's got some cool um, apparel, but he's what he's really known for, what he's really doing is his supplements. He's got some branch chain amino acids. He's got a pre-workout. Uh, I think he's, I mean, I think he's constantly developing new products as well, but those are really his things that he's put out, um, specifically. And, uh, so, uh, check him out. Um, if you use my promo code, you'll get 10% off. I'll have a link to that, like under my description in this episode. Uh, click that. It'll take you to his website and he'll be, uh, you know, you can buy your supplements and stuff. So anyway, uh, this so I'm about to end the Instagram live uh, feed and um, and then I'm gonna progress with the uh, with the podcast. So let me go ahead and 
Let me go ahead and stop that. All right. So it was kind of weird. I guess three people um, viewed my podcast or like my Instagram video. Uh, one was my wife. One was the St. John's, a lovely couple from my church. I've known them for years. And then the last one, well, let's see. Okay. I don't exactly know. Let's see. My phone kind of jacked up on me. All right. That's done. Let's see. All right. Um, so let's see. Where are we at? Okay. Yeah. So now the Instagram is done. I will, uh, I'm going to play my first song for you to, to this evening, this afternoon, early, early afternoon. Um, this song is called Feathers. It's by a band named Coheed and Cambria. Um, it's funny, like, I have certain bands that the first time I heard them was whenever I watched their music video. And Coheed and Cambria was one of those. Uh, it was my senior year of high school or maybe earlier than that. I don't know exactly when I first heard about them, but um, I just instantly dug it. I really liked their style. I'm not really into, like, super heavy metal, you know, but this band was probably uh, enough mainstream but still metal that I could um, dig it and kind of get into it. So uh, this is going to be the first song. It's called Feathers. It's off of their album, uh, Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4, Volume 2. This album came out in 2007. So I hope you enjoy.
Again, that was uh, Coheed and Cambria. Pretty dope. Um, so the third live viewer of... Uh, that was the first time I've done that. So the first... One of the first... Th- well, the first one was Royce McGraffer. Or McGraffer. McGraff. So um, the reason... That's the reason I mentioned Pizza Nomad. Um, I met him and the owner of Pizza Nomad... Uh, at Yellow Sea Street Food, chit chat with them. Had you know, drink a beer or two. They were super cool dudes. So, anyway, um, let's see here. So, my first segment today is called stressors, and um, so I've been trying to run a little bit more and get in a little bit better shape. And um, you know, I which I think I've maybe talked about this concept on the podcast before, but um, you know, I don't. I've never really been drawn to the things that I'm like naturally gifted at or good at. Um, I'm always kind of drawn. I always want to do the things that I'm not necessarily um, like. I don't have I don't have an av- uh, an advantage at necessarily, and um, like with rock climbing, you know, like the majority of the guys I climb with are like thirty pounds lighter than me, <clears throat> and stronger than me you know so they're lighter and stronger um so of course they're going to climb better but for some reason i love rock climbing you know um like back whenever i skateboarded i was always scared to fall so why am i getting on a skateboard if i'm scared to fall all the time you know it's kind of stuff like that i've always kind of uh done that and and then i started running and running's kind of now become that for me it's like uh it's one of those things that I'm not naturally good at and I'm not even um, intentionally, like even with me putting intention into it, I'm not necessarily uh, getting faster or and – and there's like a level I know I'll never reach. But for some reason running, um, the adversity of running was uh, attractive to me and it was because I was something, it was something that I wasn't good at. And so this is the con- my concept with stressors. Like if you're building a structure and um, you've overloaded one corner and so one corner has no weight on it, you can move it around, and the other corner is completely bearing all the weight, that's going to be the point of failure whenever it comes to failing, you know? Um, versus if, if all, you know, let's say four corners of a room, if all of them are bearing the same amount of roof then they'll all collapse at the same time not when one collapses if that makes sense um a lot stronger of a of a structure so um the concept was well you want to find where where are your stress points where is all the weight gathering um and then you either you have two options you can either strengthen that point you know reinforce it or you can rebalance the weight and move it away away from the stressor, you know. So some some way you have to like balance out the uh, pressure. And um, I was thinking of this in like a pipe, you know. Like imagine you have a uh, hundred foot pipe and you pressurize it up, and you see that a little hole pops, you know, in one spot. Well, then you can patch that one spot. You can fortify it. And then you can say, hey, this whole pipe holds 100 PSI or whatever. You know, you fortify the failure. Um, But you have to be able to find the failure. So 
stressors create cracks specifically to be fixed. Like you're you're intentionally, uh, you know, I always wonder or think about like a mechanic after they build this whole car out and then it has to go to the track and it has to make a certain amount of laps and it has to make, it has to do perform, you know, um, and engineers, they put it through the performance and try to fix the problems before it's produced, you know, but anyway, that's a little bit off topic, but the concept is to fortify your weak points. Um, in proper in a properly built structure, all of the pressure should be distributed properly uh, around the whole thing. So, this for me, my cardio has always um, it's always been something that I've thought about. So back in high school, whenever I was wrestling, uh, whenever I go out on a rock climbing trip, uh, it was always like I always found myself concentrating on my breathing, even over like muscle fatigue. So it's always been something that's bothered me that I didn't necessarily have the cardio to be able to go a long time. So I've started, um, I've started running to try to fortify that that weakness. You know, if maybe if my cardio was better, I'd be a better climber. You know, maybe if my cardio was better, I'd be a better. Well, like re- I don't really wrestle anymore, um, but I would like to start doing jujitsu. I've done it a couple of times, but maybe I would be better at that sport if my cardio was better, that was kind of my thought process. So anything that I was going to do physically, um, I could only benefit from having a better cardio. So identifying the weakness, the point where if I were stressed, if I were, uh, exerting myself, what would be the first point that would fail? And then you work on it. And then through working on it, you know, I found out that I was bad at it, but that it can get better. You know, the more you work towards it, um, the closer it comes, it's kind of a, it's kind of a cool process, like the almost like the deeper you go in, the easier it is to go deeper or something. But um, anyway, all of that to say, uh, let's see. Um, okay. Oh, the only way to avoid a catastrophe is to identify the stressors and redistribute the pressure. Um, that that's the only way to avoid a, co- a collapse of the structure. And so what I mean in that is physically, you know, like with your body and your your temple, we'll call it that, you know, you got to make sure that the walls are, you know, stuccoed up and aren't falling in and that there's not, you know, one wall leaning on the other walls or something like that. You got to make sure everything's straight um, in that. But in order, and also the... I don't, it's not metaphysical. Maybe it's metaphysical. You know, your, your life as a whole, you know, you've got to figure out what in your life is stressing you out and what is causing you stress and why it's causing you stress. And sometimes it's fortifying, right? It's fixing the stress, but other times it's rebalancing and redistributing the weight, uh, not necessarily eliminating the weight, uh, the weight, uh, pushing down on the structure. So a lot of this is communication and, conversations and um leveling out with people making sure you're on the same level as them um but so so all that all that to say is that you have to stress your structure in an artificial way in order to identify your weaknesses and then once you identify your weaknesses 
then you can sh- like build up the structure and make sure it's not going to fall down or whatever um, to avoid catastrophe. That way, you know, if if um, like let's say I'm I'm running a half marathon, but I don't know I'm running a half marathon, and then just one day somebody drops it on me and they say, "Hey, look, the, um, this dude is really pissed at you, and he's got a hammer, and he's going to chase you." And he's he can run a half marathon. So he's going to be chasing you as long as you're running. Unless you stop, then he'll hit you with the hammer. Um, in that circumstance, that's not that's not the right time to be able to be like, oh, dang, my cardio is not good enough to run a half marathon. You're going to get hit with a hammer, you know? Um, you, want, you want to simulate that danger, simulate that situation. Not necessarily the hammer. That was kind of a, a little bit of a goofy situation. Like, I don't think that's not a super... Uh, realistic expectation but all that to say um, if you run the half marathon before you have to run the half marathon then at least you know you can do it Uh, that's kind of what I'm saying you know you identify the stressor in a safe environment um, and then you fix it so that if you're in a dangerous environment or like like right now my my house is standing up right but there's no wind. What if there was a 90 mile per hour wind? Would my house still stand up? I don't know. I don't think it's been hit by a 90 mile per hour wind. So, um, I don't know if it would stand up or not stand up in that situation. Uh, but I don't want to find out, you know, that's not a safe situation to find out. So all of that to say, uh, pressure failure as a means to succeed. So basically, so every time you fail, if it's in a controlled environment, then that will help you succeed later on, right? If if uh, I'm in a testing, I'm, I'm testing this pipe uh, with 100 PSI and it fails, well, at least it failed in the test and it didn't fail when it was like pumping methyl ethyl death underneath the city or something like that. You know, that's a bad time for a pipe to fail, right? Because there's higher consequences, so you, you want to fail when there's low consequences. I think of like the wrestling room or like the jiu-jitsu room. Um, Talis Horta uh, from uh, Lone Star Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or BJJ. Um, my buddy Sam. Uh, there's Thomas Torres and Eric. and Like there's a bunch of dudes. I've done jiu-jitsu like three times and it was with this group of dudes each time. Uh, really nice guys. They went down to Lubbock recently and uh, actually this past weekend and they uh, did some jujitsu and they meddled uh, quite a few of them meddled um, and I think they had a really good tournament I think Thomas might have gotten hurt um, but uh, I don't I, didn't, I haven't seen the update if he like broke himself but I think most of them got through it healthy and but they did really well they all performed really well in their brackets um, but see that that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like with Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, you are putting yourself in a dangerous situation in a or a dangerous position in a safe situation um, versus a dangerous situation and being in a dangerous position. You know, when you're doing it uh, part of a team like a mat room, I always think about like wrestling in high school. That was the that was the safe place. Which it's funny because, um, I mean, I got beat up a lot of times in wrestling, just through wrestling. You know, it's just a kind of a, it's an aggressive sport, uh, and you know, you're not playing patty cake, so you, some you know people get hurt, and um, 
and kind of the point of it is to dominate the other person. So it's kind of like a controlled fight, um, but it was a, it was a safe place, right, to have that controlled fight. Uh, I knew the person. We were drilling stuff. We were working together. He wasn't trying to hurt me. I'm not trying to hurt him. It's a safe place to do a dangerous activity. And through that, you can find your weaknesses. And through finding your weaknesses, you can fortify them or you can redistribute the stressor and you can you can fix it and you can win. So anyway, um, just seeing Coben Puckett doing his stuff on Facebook and Instagram and stuff, doing his exercises, it kind of got me thinking about stressors and stuff, um, both mental stressors uh but also physical stressors and relationship stressors and everything like that you know uh it's a constant it's a constant redistribution of weight and rebalancing of life and and everything so all of that to say that's my first segment for the day um this next song is called wide eyes it's by a band called the local natives um this is off a 2009 album a uh, gorilla manner so i hope you enjoy
So the uh, link uh, that I'll put in my show notes to that band, I'm going to have it go to um, a takeaway show. That's what they were called. There's a series of these uh, videos on YouTube, and I found them a long time ago, man. The first time I saw them was probably 10 years ago. Um, But the local natives had a song on there, um, or like a performance on there, but also Bonnie Vare. Uh, or Bon Iver, I'm not sure how to pronounce that name, I've heard it both ways, but um, anyway, yeah, if you like that, check out that, um, check out the link, and check out the video, because it's really cool, they kind of do this like thing where they're walking through a mall, and they're just playing, and nobody knows that the show's going on, so all these people are kind of like looking around like, okay, what are these guys doing, you know, but they're real good, so uh, anyway, my next segment is uh, a, t- a tumbleweed life. I've kind of had this, uh, which it's funny because we haven't had a really windy day uh, that I can think of, like a remarkably windy day. Every day is a little windy. But um, on those days when it's remarkably windy, I always imagine <clears throat> like the, the tumbleweeds, when you see the tumbleweeds uh, bouncing around, they're just kind of getting tossed and Occasionally, you'll see these huge piles of tumble leaves or tumbleweeds that build up against a building or a fence. They get caught on a fence, and there's just this huge pile. And uh, it it's always kind of struck me funny. It's like, what if uh, that's it's kind of how I feel whenever I'm in the wind, like I'm getting blown all over the place. And uh, it's it's unique when you find yourself caught up in a force of nature. Uh, like the, I think that's one of the reasons it's so fun to go to the mountains and be surrounded by wilderness and surrounded by miles of expansive, you know, stuff that hasn't been necessarily altered by man. It's at this point of interaction with um, something uh, something larger than you, this force of nature, um, that you realize that it's happening to you, not for you. Like the uh, <clears throat> the tumbleweed ends up where it lands because the wind drops it off there, not because it chose to go there. Uh, and 
I don't, it's just kind of the, the more, even whenever I reflect back on my own life, but even, uh, relationships, you know, that I have with people and I talk to them and it, it does, it's almost like I've known people now, like the adult version of them for like 10 years, you know? And so it's interesting whenever you see kind of who you were thinking that they were going to be or who they thought they were going to be. Um, and then you get to see where they actually ended up. So you get to know them at the beginning of it and where they land, you know? And it, it seemed like there is a force of nature kind of blowing people through their lives. And, and it would be nice to be able to figure out a way of harnessing that. If you could harness the the forces that propel you through life that you can't control, um, then you can maybe start to figure out a way of, uh, of controlling it, you know, or of controlling your trajectory and, uh, these different things. But, um, that it's funny to me because like whenever I start talking about, um, analogies kind of like this, there, there seems to be this weird line between what, then what makes up free will and what makes up like determinism. Um, and I'm not qualified to like do a deep dive talk on this. Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a thinker necessarily about this. Um, but it is kind of interesting because you don't get to choose where you land, right? You don't get to choose what, who you're born as, who your parents are, who your friends are around you. You really largely, I mean, you do get to choose who you end up with, like marrying, but, um, a large portion of love is, is an uncontrolled thing. Like you don't get to, it's, it's almost like I wish sometimes I could, I could choose who I loved, not like love almost happens more to me, you know? Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a force, you know, it's a force that kind of pulls you and projects you through life. Um, but you know, if, if we're the tumbleweed in this analogy, and we're being blown through life, and we're collecting on a fence, and you end up getting trapped between, or like underneath layers and layers of tumbleweeds that all bundle up. And before before you know it, you're burned off, or a dump truck comes and scoops you up and throws you into the dump, you know? Uh, But then there's other tumbleweeds that just always bop along the surface, and they end up thousands of miles away. Uh, it's, it's kind of like a little bit of a roll of the dice as to whether you get pinned underneath the tumbleweeds or you're bumping along the top of the, of the grass or whatever, you know, riding the wind, so to speak. And, you know, I've, you know, been, been kind of thinking about this, uh, a little bit recently just because I don't know, I, I guess free will is kind of a big topic right now. And, and it's interesting within like the religious context that I was brought up with, um, as well as some of the stuff that I've been looking into and trying to just hear different people's opinions on, on free will and like what it is that we are doing necessarily or what, you know, it, it all, it, it kind of, everything comes down to human nature, what your opinion is on that. Um, but I guess that's kind of what's interesting to me about free will is like, do I even have a choice to speak English? No, it happens to me. Um, because it's, you know, little kids just absorb whatever's around them. 
So if you have parents that only speak English, then you only absorb English. If you have parents that speak six languages, you speak six, or you speak six languages without even thinking about it. It just comes out, you know? It's kind of a similar thing, like, of, you know, getting stuck at the bottom of the pile or bouncing along the top. It all depends on your circumstances. Um, and, you know, that that's one of the things that's really cool about the human brain is it's a piece of hardware that you get one chance to to kind of like mold it. Um, it's like with language, they do language scans of people's brains, and if you're bilingual, your brain has one like output, you know, one picture. And if you're uh, like trilingual, but but you learned two of them are second languages, and only one of them is your primary language. Um, so if you grew up speaking Spanish and English versus I grew up speaking English but I learned French and Russian you can you could look at the brain and you would see that the one language center is like over like really well developed and the other one's not and it's the one who just grew up hearing it uh, like once you absorb those languages and you build it's almost like a like a like an app you you get uploaded with an app and now your brain is different for the rest of your life um based off of just chance really uh chance that your that your parents had the ability to speak multiple languages or that you were in a multicultural environment that um really exalted uh uh what's the word i'm thinking about diversity right so i want you to speak your language and i'll speak my language and then we'll just learn each other's language and that's how we'll proceed through this you know i'll absorb you you absorb me and then the culture reflects that through like multilingualism or whatever that's not really i don't know how i got to talking about uh oh yeah so that's a wind that's blowing through your life this uh the languages that we speak and the culture that you're around and the music that you're hearing and the people that are showing you things you know like uh one of the things i'm going to make sure happens with uh emmett my son is that he has piano lessons because every single like top-notch, high-level musician, they all learned piano whenever they were kids. At, well, in my personal life. I don't necessarily mean uh, this is like this is not a blanket statement across the board, but all of the best musicians that I've known in my life have all said that their first instrument and when they started was piano lessons whenever they were real young, like five or six. So that's one thing I'm going to make sure happens to Emmett because I think that that's one of, you know, as a parent, I cannot control my son. I can't control the outcomes. I can't control his success or his failures or any of that stuff. The only thing I can do is maybe put wins into his life. Like I can, I can, the music wind, you know, it's like, hey, look, you got the opportunity to play different instruments. Or um, if I introduce him to diff- multiple languages at a young age, it's, it, it's still his ultimate. It's almost like that's where I don't, that's where free will and determinism is very interesting because you could have a kid that was born in the worst possible circumstances where you think he'd be an idiot and you think he'd be a failure or whatever and he turns into Eminem, right? Um, and then you could also have these people that are born into like ultra-rich families who put them in all the arts and have them read all the right books and know all the right people and they can't do any art to save their life. You know, so sometimes... Uh, that that I don't think that there's a determinism in in the fact that you're going to be successful or not successful. 
although I guess there are markers like how many words you hear between the ages of zero and five over like over economic standing. So like in a house, so for instance, like uh, like Mexicans, my Mexican side of my family, they speak very rapidly. They say a lot of words. They say there's a lot of words coming at you at every time because nobody respects anybody else talking. Everybody's talking at the same time. So you hear a whole lot of words in multiple different languages. Um, that that just happens, you know, that just happens in that culture because they all talk so much, you know, versus, you know, I don't know, maybe Scandinavian countries, they don't talk as much. That's a, definitely like a projection from an American towards Swedish people that's probably not uh, correct. You know, it's probably a stereotype that they don't talk a lot, but um, I imagine like, I just, for some reason, I feel like Mexicans probably talk more than Swedish people, and they probably talk a little faster, but maybe uh, maybe somebody, if you're hearing this right now, and you actually have some data on that, maybe you can send that to me. That'd be interesting, but um, all that to say that I, I do think that free will exists in the fact that wherever you land, wherever your tumbleweed lands, you have the choice to to be comfortable in that space, you know? And that's where free will is really. It's the attitude that you bring to the situation. Um, all of that to say, I don't know. I I, uh, I don't know if that one ran off the rails. It wasn't a super developed idea when I started. I only had like three notes on it. So uh, tumbleweed life. That's going to be that segment. And um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna tag this like last little bit on. Um, I was going to do another segment, but I don't I don't think I want to. I don't know if I could get it, but I thought it was an interesting enough comp. Concept to throw out into the world. So, um, I was thinking with my son recently. He's uh, we're going through my toys. So my parents have kept all of my toys. I had like one, you know, like a Rubbermaid bin. Probably, I don't know. It was like probably twenty four inches by forty eight inches by like forty eight inches tall, maybe maybe thirty six inches tall. I mean, it's just like a little rectangular box. But they've kept all of my toys since I was a little kid. And um, so it's kind of a trip every time. Like, that's where my son is right now. Um, my parents are watching him so I could record a podcast. Um, but every time I go over there to pick him up, all my toys from whenever I was a kid are all over the floor. And there's like little, you know, cars, and there's also. Um, Oh, what all do I got in there? I got like a Hulk Hogan. I got uh, some Batman. I've got a bunch of Batman. I've got some Army Men. I got some Star Wars things. All these different things. Um, but it was the the little micro machines, I think is what they're called. Mike, I, I can't remember, but the little toy cars. Well, we were down in Fort Worth at my in-laws, and they, they bring out a similar like bucket, like a similar Rubbermaid bucket. Or it was actually a little, like a little... Uh, yeah, it was a bucket, not a not a box. But so they pull out this little bucket, and and we're getting in it, and Emmett's pulling out all these toys to to zoom around on the floor. And I notice there's like four or five cars that they have down there that I also have in my box at the house because my brother in laws and I were all right around the same age. So it made me start thinking about this like prefabricated childhood. I talked about this a little bit with um, Hayden Pedigo in the Hayden Pedigo episode. We were talking about Nickelodeon and, uh, you know, kind of that like 
sitcom style uh, syndicated shows like that we were you don't really have a choice you just watch Nick when you're a kid you know you watch Nickelodeon and it's whatever they're showing that's what you're watching um, so we were kind of talking about that in that episode but you know the, I whenever I saw those cars it really got me thinking of this like prefabricated li- like well really lifestyle but childhood that I had um, all these toys that I had uh, you know hundreds of thousands of other kids had the same toys and that means that hundreds of thousands of other parents still have these same toys just tucked away in a box somewhere you know um archaeologically like they might dig back to this time and say wow these kids they like worship these cars you know all of them they all had the same cars and then they might build up some sort of like mount olympus story uh that we like worship these cars and that they represented the gods and that we whatever who knows you know um but all that to say that it's a very large like um group of americans all live the exact same life because they all buy it at the same stores and all the stores get distributed to from the same places um so i started thinking about this concept of like a prefabricated childhood and it got me thinking about like wondering if if i had a like if we were a prefabricated rebellion you know like the reason that rebellions and um the reason that revolutions are like way more like at least in the United States not necessarily in other places but a little bit more calm than they used to be and people might say oh no it's it's bad it's it's not french revolutionary bad it's not uh middle ages bad it's not like when the printing press came out you know like that was listen to some dan carlin some hardcore history and you'll really be like okay we're not quite as bad as we have been in the past, uh, just with mortality rates, you know, from war and stuff. Uh, that Steven Pinkert also talks about that. Um, he he talks about how largely it's it's more um, it's safer now than it's ever been to be a human. We have a higher lo- standard of living, and there's some other stuff that he says within that. It's pretty interesting. But Steven Pinker, check him out on like the Joe Rogan Experience. Um, but he also has a book out. Uh, called the something of our better natures i think um but anyway just look up steven pinker and you'll come across all of that information but uh i wondered if like part of that was that we've been almost i i kind of started wondering and this goes a little bit into like kind of what i talked about with keegan hollis a little bit about when you revamp the past and you bring it up you know it almost um I don't want to say the word like pacifies movements, but it, it gives them a, a safer thing to fight over. Uh, it, it gives them, you know, having having art, having capitalism, you know, entrepreneurship, giving people all of these other outs, all these other ways to advance themselves through a revolution without necessarily having to like kill somebody and, and take their shit, you know? That is an interesting way of like, and I'm just wondering, this is all, this is just all thought, you know, if, if you prefabbed a reb, a rebellion and a revolution, um, it would be more like managing an explosion. So I'm not saying it wouldn't be, um, as pivotal or as, um, uh, not pervasive, but 
anyway as relevant you know i think it would still be as relevant but it would be like uh if you could figure out a way of doing that you could manage a explosion and when you manage an explosion it becomes a rocket ship you know and it launches people into space so um it's kind of like one of those things like if we could if you could harness the power of a rebellion of a revolution of a of that civil unrest but you could focus it through an engine then you could actually create a lot of positive change without the negative like you know i guess you know the thing is if you if you shoot enough rockets into space one of them's going to blow up so i'm not saying that it's going to be perfect and and nothing's ever going to go wrong but at least it would be progressing the species forward right so you use the energy that's generated from something to propel a rocket you know uh so like that so prefabricated childhood goes into a prefabricated rebellion which goes into managing an explosion and then so all of this what it would really be is extracting a resource from a group of people it would be mining creativity uh, if you could figure out a way to get the same passion and the same fierceness and the same uh, do or die attitude of the revolutionary people that founded not only America but um, that have you know lived throughout the eons of human development, if you could figure out a way of of harnessing that, it would be a it'd be a mineable thing, you know, it would be one, one of those things where the entire society benefits from the pursuits of the few, uh, like a rocket ship going into space, you know, there's not many astronauts going into space, but it's, they say it's taking the whole species with them. And it is in my mind, I'm going to space, uh, not physically. I'm not, and I'm not even dreaming of like going to space. I don't, I don't really ever see myself strapping myself to a rocket. Like, I can just take a couple of laps around the block and I feel pretty satisfied with myself. I don't feel like I need to ride a rocket all the way into space, but maybe jump out of an airplane someday though. I'd be down to parachute, but, um, so, and I think, I think this is our, this is partly what podcasting is doing, blogging. Um, it's, it's creating a mind for creativity. It's creating a place for people to go with their, shovels and axes and headlamps and get into some rock and see what they can find uh a way of you know projecting it out into the world and as you do that you know um things get things get built you know iron gets made uh gold gets put into wires into computers and stuff you know you got to be able to extract the resource in it or in order to refine it into a product that can then be used to create a new resource. Um, so anyway, uh, prefabricated childhood goes into prefabricated re- rebellion, which goes into a, a rocket ship, a managed explosion, and we can use all that as a resource to mine creativity. All right, so um, that was my final segment. I'm going to wrap things up real quick with a song. This is uh, Andrew Michael Aikens. It's his new single called um someday uh it's his new single came out in 2018 uh but i think his record is right around the corner a little while back 
uh, Gunnar Radowski, who was also on the podcast, he had a little house show. Andrew played it. It was cool, good crowd, good music, fun. Uh, we went to it, me and uh, several friends, and uh, it was real good time. Enjoy this kid's voice. He's a, he's a good singer. And um, anyway, it was interesting because I saw him uh, real recently and was talking to him. And he was like, yeah, man. Uh, I've, you know, he started talking about how he's about to release his album and how he's been posting about it on Instagram. And I was like, dude, I know I follow you, but I hadn't seen any of that stuff. So I hop on my Instagram. Sure enough, I'm following him. And he had put out like, I don't know how many posts uh, that I hadn't seen any of them. Uh, so like Instagram had ghosted him out of my out of my feed. So anyway, it was really good seeing him last night. He um, We talked for a while. I'm probably going to have him on the podcast. Hopefully, maybe once his album comes out. Once his album comes out, I'll have him on the podcast. We'll play a few songs, we'll chit-chat a little bit. And I am uh, looking forward to that. So um, if you uh, are interested in contacting the podcast, you can hit me up on Instagram at Primate. You can go to my website, panhandleprimate.squarespace.com. Uh, I have a Facebook page, Panhandle Primate Podcast Facebook page. You can find me there. Um, and I'll have uh, links to all this stuff in the description notes below. So thank you for listening and enjoy Andrew Michael Akins.
I can hold on.